Hello, welcome to 251, Two Pianists, Five Minutes, One Subject. My name's Nick Tomlin. And I'm Simon Whiteside. And today we're asking the question, did Charlie Parker play the bebop scale? Well, if we're going to ask that question, we need to know what the bebop scale is. And it's quite a contentious issue, I suppose. Lots of people discuss this, lots of my jazz friends and have talked about it. Um, first of all, I'm going to give you the two scales which I think would be described as bebop scales. First, the bebop dominant. And the sixth diminished scale, which is a major scale with an alteration. And for me, the significant element of both of those scales is they contain eight notes and not seven. So normally, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, we're back to the tonic. Here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, back to the tonic. Back to the tonic, which means that when you're playing um, the strong chord tones, end up on the beats, which I think is probably the organic mm -hmm. reason for them developing. Um, what are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that's really where it comes from. And I think what's important is what you said at the end there, that it was kind of an organic development. It wasn't that one day in 1943, Charlie Parker sat down and invented this scale. I mean, it came from them playing and experimenting and trying, and trying things out. This theory really only started to be developed from the, I would say from the sort of mid to late 50s onwards when jazz became an object of study. I mean, up until, up until then, really, um, it wasn't really studied, it was it was played. And then people analysed what the players did and then they developed theories to explain what the players did. And I think also that's why, as you said at the beginning, there's so many controversies within jazz theory about how to how to describe things because, you know, that scale has also been described by Barry Harris as a, he calls it a sixth diminished scale. It's, it's the same scale as a bebop scale, but he calls it something else. And he applies it in a slightly different way. So, yeah, it's, in, it's interesting. I think this idea of, of jazz theory and what musicians were thinking about when they were performing is an interesting one. Certainly it's about practising and the ability to put into practice on the bandstand things. And I think that, that kind of symmetrical number helps a great deal. But you were talking also um, earlier about enclosure, weren't you? And the idea that perhaps it's a major scale with some, just with some altered notes. So that's certainly what David Baker suggested in his introduction to his How to Play Bebop books, where he thinks that Lester Young might have chosen different notes to alter, just made sure that there were eight, though, so that things landed on the strong beats. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose it's more, as you said, it's more a case of you're hitting the, the, uh, the strong chord tones on the beat. And however you kind of arrive at that, and um, there's different ways you can arrive at that. You can do, you know, different ways of enclosing the chord tone or approaching the chord tone. Um, uh, but I mean, personally speaking, when I play or attempt to play bebop, that's more what I'm thinking of. I, I don't really think in terms of bebop scales, really. I think more in terms of enclosure, to be honest. Yeah, I think for me, I do, when I see a seven, I do automatically think of putting... The, the natural, the, the major seven, yeah. Um, yeah. And... Also, I suppose, in the turning, those sorts of things where mm. you, you turn around mm. that. But then, of course, you do have the... Um, that sort of 
Mm. I mean, that wasn't from the bebop scale. No, I didn't play the normal bebop. No. and I mean, you know, you could play you could play a solo using the bebop scale, and it wouldn't sound anything like bebop. So it 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 really comes also down to how you use it, and you have to use it in the right sort of way. Um, yeah, and I think you're. I think really Charlie Parker's language. He was very. He was influential, wasn't he? So people developed hugely yeah. from his yeah. playing, yeah. Um, and copied him because it was yeah. good, yeah, <laughs> and it sounded great. Well, that's enough from us today. From me, Simon Whiteside, goodbye. And from me, Nick Tomlin, goodbye.